We discussed yesterday how in passing the teacher also discussed what exactly is meant by the expression Brahma Jnana or the knowledge of Brahma. <coughs> it was said that merely the word Brahma or knowing the word Brahma or uttering the word Brahma is not knowledge of Brahma but understanding the meaning of the word Brahma. And there too, one may understand the meaning of the statement, Aham Brahma Asmi, I am Brahma. That statement can be understood with the help of grammar and with the help of logic and so forth. So one may understand the meaning. That will still be called Parokshagnanam, an indirect knowledge. One must see the meaning. One must see the self as Brahma. <coughs> that will be called Aparokshagnanam. And how do I know that I have the Aparoksha Jnanam? That I have the immediate knowledge. How do I know? Syat Krutasattva Dhihi. Krutasattva Dhihi. Until this Dhi, all this Buddhi, this sense is generated in me that I am Krutasaha. I am fulfilled. So that I find myself complete or fulfilled by that knowledge, then I should, I know that I have the knowledge of Brahman. And what should I do until then? Gurum Upasvabhoho O disciple, may you, may you uh, study with the teacher. Upasva means may you serve the teacher. The idea is may you study with the teacher until this sense of krutarthata or the fulfillment arises in you. In short, that is the purpose of knowledge. There is nothing, the only purpose is to gain that happiness. And what kind of happiness, which having come does not leave me, that's all. And that which does not leave after coming should not be coming also, because what comes must leave. And so the happiness that I am seeking is a happiness that should not be generated. It should not be a product of something, otherwise it will definitely go. It should nat be natural, uncreated, meaning it should be the nature of myself. In that manner, when it, the self that I am, is known as that happiness. Then there is Kritarthada. There is a fulfillment of whatever I have been pursuing in my life. And that is what the knowledge that I am I am Brahma, that knowledge is supposed to do. So we are not even interested in Brahma. We are, we are interested in ourselves. And what is our interest? That I want to be free or complete. Except that that sense of completeness can come only when I discover that I am complete. And that completeness means Brahma. Thus, when I discover or see this fact that I am Brahma, and that's the reason why our interest is in knowledge of Brahma. <coughs> and that's the need for, therefore, the need for going to the teacher and studying from him. This, by the way, the teacher here took the opportunity to discuss something, by the way, prasangikam, Something just came to his mind which was somewhat related to the main discussion but not the main discussion. Evam prasangikam parisamapya Thus concluding the discussion which came by the way Prakritam eva anusarati And from the verse 85 the teacher again now continues the thread of the main discussion. 
says verse 85. Astame tad yatra yatra, astame tad yatra yatra, sukham syad vishayayirvina, sukham syad vishayayirvina, tatra sarvatra vidhyetam, tatra sarvatra vidhyetam, Brahmananda Sivasana, Brahmananda Sivasana. Astamitata. Okay, let it be. Meaning, leave aside now this discussion on knowledge of Brahma, etc. Astamitata. Let it be so. May it be so. Meaning, all right now, leave it aside. And come now to the main topic. Yatra Yatra Sukham Syat. Vishayahivina. Now the author. Having described the Brahmananda, the Ananda or the happiness that is experienced in the state of deep sleep has been described as Brahmananda, the Ananda that is Brahman. Because in the state of deep sleep, there is no obstacle to the Ananda. The obstacle is in the form of identification of the body, which gives rise to a sense of Ahankara. And that obstacle not being there in the state of deep sleep, what one experiences there is Brahmananda. And that's how Brahmananda or Ananda which is Brahma has been described. Now the author proceeds to describe two other kinds of Ananda or two other kinds of happiness. Yatretra Vishayahivana Sukhamsyad. Yatretra Yasmin Yasmin Kale. At whatever time? Sukhaihi Vishayahivana. Without the agency of the sense objects. Vishayanavam Antarayanam Sukham Bhavati Whenever one experiences happiness without the aid of the sense objects our usual experience is that we gain happiness whenever there is a, a desirable sense object or desirable object or situation and it is the experience of such a situation or object that generates happiness in me but now we are talking about a, an experience of happiness which is there without the agency of any sense object. <coughs> Where is it? Tushnim bhavadav. When the mind has become tranquil. So let us say that in a state when my mind has become tranquil. Because of the practice of yoga, the reason now the mind becomes tranquil or quiet is by the practice of yoga by a practice of quietening the mind. Where all the practice of yoga one may perform, and the, he teach, I mean the author himself will describe them, as to how one withdraws one's mind and then focuses it upon the self. And thus the mind gets totally tranquil. In that state of tranquility of the mind, or even absorption, state of absorption, the ananda or the happiness one experiences, now that happiness is not born of any sense object because at that time even the sense organs are not functioning or I am not experiencing anything through my sense organs. The mind has become tranquil or quiet and I experience happiness. So what, how would you categorize that happiness? Tatra sarvatra vidhyetam brahmanandasya vasanam Tatra in all those cases, since the happiness is not born of an experience of a sense object, at the same time, the author does not want to call it Brahmananda. Does not want to call it the Ananda of Brahman. He gives it a new name. <coughs> Brahmanandasya Vasaram Vidhyatam. May we know that that is the ananda or happiness coming from vasana. Vasana or brahmana. Vasana means samskara. So vasana is the impression, latent impression of the samskara. Brahmanandasya vasana vidhyadam. So what the author is trying to say is, whenever the mind becomes tranquil, then the vasana or the latent impression of brahmananda becomes manifest there, and that is how what one experiences there is not categorized as Brahmananda, but nevertheless the vasana or the impression generated from Brahmananda. Or Brahmananda that is reflected in the tranquil mind. 
Samanya Ahankara Avratattvacha. Well, the simple reason is that even in the state of absorption, the Ahankara is there in a latent state. Because when the tranquility of the mind goes away, the Ahankara or the sense of individuality returns. And that shows that even in the state of tranquility, utter tranquility, also the Ahankara in a latent form was there. And that is, that forms as avaranam, that forms a what you call a veiling. And that's the reason why, when I know that I am Brahman, that ananda is called Brahmananda. But I do not know that I am Brahman. And still I experience that great tranquility, which is generated for whatever reason, not because of the reason of sense objects, but is generated on account of my practice of quietening the mind. And so, still, that sort of a duality of the experiencer and the experience is there. All the duality is there in a latent form. And therefore the author says that ananda or the happiness experienced in that state is called vasanananda. The ananda arising from vasana. <coughs> Vasanandatvam avagantavyam ityasaha. It is a vasana or the impression of the brahmananda that is being experienced there. You may say that Brahma alone gets reflected in the state of mind. In that tranquil state of mind also, Brahma gets reflected and that is the ananda that we experience. So that is experience ananda. The experience that we are talking about all the time is this experience. When the mind has become tranquil. One may even get experience the state of absorption. And one experiences a, a sense of joy. And that is the experience that everybody wants. Even through drugs and whatever else, different kinds of experiences are sought after. So this is also an experience that one gains when one is able to make one's mind tranquil. So the knowledge that I am Brahma is not there, still the experience is there. And therefore that ananda is called vasana ananda. Ananda generated from vasana or the impressions of Brahma. <coughs> or Brahman that is reflected in that state of mind. Evam Brahmananda the reason why this is being said is that yogis experience this kind of ananda. When a yogi is in samadhi, meaning when his mind has become completely tranquil, at that time he experiences ananda naturally. Because then also the obstacles to ananda have gone away. The obstacles to experience of happiness have gone away also in the state of tranquility or samadhi. And thus one experience, that's still an experience of ananda. And also the ahankara of the individual is in a latent form. And that is why that I am Brahman, that knowledge is still veiled. Therefore that ananda is called vasanananda. Evam brahmananda vasanananda udarshaitva. Thus, the author has described in great detail what is Brahmananda, Brahma which is Ananda. Vasanananda, what is the Vasanananda? I mean, Ananda arising from Vasana, as we just discussed. Idanim Ananda Trayvidya Niyamanaya. Author wants to show that there are three kinds of Ananda, three kinds of happiness. And also to con- conclude that there are three kinds and no more kinds. Atma bhimukha dhivrutta vidyatroktameva vishyanam punaranavadadi. In the next verse, verse 86, the author describes what we call vishyananda. So remember these three Brahmananda, Vasanananda, and Vishayananda. Vishaya means an object. Vishayananda means the happiness or ananda arising from Vishaya or the sense object. So what is that Vishayananda? is what is described in verse 86. Even though this was already mentioned earlier, but then in order to uh, in order to ascertain or in order to assert that ananda is of three types, even though this Vishayananda was mentioned earlier, it is mentioned here again just to complete that particular statement that ananda is of three types. <coughs> Says verse 86, Vishayeshvapilabdheshu Vishayeshvapilabdheshu Tadichho Paramesati 
तदिच्छो परमेशरी अंतर्मुख मनोवृत्त अंतर्मुख मनोवृत्त आनंद प्रतिबिंबते आनंद प्रतिबिंबते विषयेशु अभी लब्धेशु विषय मीनिंग ए डिजायरेबल सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट हियर विषयेशु लब्धेशु वेन ए डिजायरेबल सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट इज ओब्टेन एन एक्सपीरियंस सो यू डिजायर ए एन ऑब्जेक्ट लब्ध वेन यू गेट दैट ऑब्जेक्ट और एक्सपीरियंस दैट ऑब्जेक्ट दैट टाइम व्हाट हैपेंस तद इच्छो परमेशदी इच्छा द डिजायर फॉर दैट ऑब्जेक्ट बिकम्स क्वाइट देन द सीसेशन ऑफ द डिजायर कम्स देयर इज अ डिजायर इन माय माइंड for whatever i don't know maybe to eat a piece of candy let us say is 4:30 i am little bored now you know this is what happens in the in the offices and places like that that now 5 o'clock is still not you know it's not time to leave and you're done with most of the work and then you don't feel like doing much you're just bored so you want to do something and therefore you go down there's a vending machine place some coin in the slot out comes a candy and you <coughs> chew that candy this is how people eat candies and stuff like that why do i remember having done you know in the past that's how you desire a candy so you get up from your desk go all the way down get the candy and then put it in your mouth and then your desire to eat the candy is satisfied so there is a cessation of the desire that generates a tranquility in the mind when there is desire in the mind that time the mind is restless or disturbed but when the desire is satisfied the mind becomes tranquil and that is why we experience what we call happiness so happiness that is experiences because of the tranquility of the mind that is generated on account of the experience of a desirable object if i am not in a mood to eat candy and somebody gives me candy that will not give me happiness because there is no tranquility generated mind has become little restless and then the restlessness has become now it has that restlessness has ceased and that's how tranquility is generated so this is what the sense objects are able to do what the sense objects are able to do is first of all they create in us a desire to enjoy them and we acquire them and we experience them and when you experience them the desire to enjoy them is satisfied the mind becomes tranquil and you experience what we call happiness <coughs> so that's the reason why a given object cannot make everybody happy different people derive happiness from different things there are some people who don't care for any sweets you give them a candy they doesn't care for that you know so we had this swami pratyek bodhananda at some point in time in amdavad he was living with me so our tastes were very simple i always used to love sweets and he loved all these uh, spicy things you know so whenever things would come bhiksha or food the division of food was very simple all that is sweet is it quietly comes to me and all that is other things that goes to all the fried stuff whatever other stuff goes to him i mean in general you know and that's how if you give him a laddu he doesn't care for it i i can't understand how a person can fail to enjoy that but that's how it is and so there's no rule that a given object is a desirable object an object is desirable when we just place a value upon that so if you give me something else which is desirable to someone else it doesn't help me i mean doesn't create any tranquility or happiness in me that shows that the happiness is not generated because of the object it is generated because of the tranquility that the object is able to create if either for the reason that i am not in a mood or i just my stomach is not you know i'm i'm not feeling well and then you give me something that i like also at that time you know i don't have any desire for that and so it is not able to create the desired effect so therefore that we must know that the happiness does not directly come from the object but as much as object is able to create the release from the desire and create that state of tranquility momentarily so that is what we experience yada yada straga sragaadi vishayalabhat tat tadichho paramo bhavati whenever we get a desirable object and then the the cessation of the desire takes place 
तदा तदा मनसी अंतर्मुखे सदी अंतर्मुख मनोवृत्त मनोवृत्ति इन स्टेट ऑफ माइंड अंतर्मुख बिकम्स दी इनवर्ड सो माइंड इज आउटवर्ड एक्सट्रोवर्ड लेट्स से व्हेन इट इज डिजायरिंग एन ऑब्जेक्ट सो व्हेन द माइंड डिजायर्स एन ऑब्जेक्ट द माइंड इज थिंकिंग ऑफ एन ऑब्जेक्ट ऑब्जेक्ट इज ऑलवेज आउटसाइड ऑफ मी सो माइंड आल्सो इज डायरेक्टेड आउटसाइड वी वुड कॉल इट बहिर्मुखम और एक्सट्रोवर्ट माइंड एंड व्हेन आई गेट द ऑब्जेक्ट एंड व्हेन आई एक्सपीरियंस द ऑब्जेक्ट the mind also becomes quiet becomes antarmukham meaning it becomes directed towards the self so manasi antarmukhe that is important important thing is the mind should become directed to the self self is where the ananda is and as long as the mind is directed extrovert so long it is away from the self meaning so long it is away from ananda and when the mind becomes directed towards the self then it experiences ananda because self is of the nature of ananda tasminya swatmananda pratibimbido bhavati in that sort of uh, state of mind that is free from desire the ananda of the self gets reflected and we experience what we call the reflected consciousness that is called vishaya ananda or the ananda happiness derived from vishaya of the sense object so say verse 8 विषयेशु अपि लब्धेशु व्हेन द सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट्स आर गेन तद इच्छो परमे सति व्हेन देयर इज उपरम असिसिएशन ऑफ द डिजायर फॉर दैट सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट अंतर्मुखमनोवृत्तो दैट माइंड बिकम्स डायरेक्टेड टुवर्ड्स द सेल्फ आनंदः प्रतिबिंबति द आनंद ऑफ द हैप्पीनेस ऑफ द सेल्फ दैट इज रिफ्लेक्टेड इन दैट सेट ऑफ माइंड इज कॉल्ड विषयानंद विषयानंद मींस आनंद ऑफ द सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट सो नाउ वॉट इज डिराइव फ्रॉम ऑल दिस डिस्कशन इज समराइज हियर इन दर्स एटी सेवन ब्रह्मानंदो वासना च्रह्मानंदो वासना च प्रतिबिंब प्रतिबिंब अंतरेण जगत्यस्मिन् अंतरेण जगत्यस्मिन् आनंदो नास्ति कश्चन आनंदो नास्ति कश्चन ब्रह्मानंद वासनानंद प्रतिबिंबित मीनिंग विषयानंद मंत्रेण अदत इन दिस्त्री जगति अस्मिन इन दिस वर्ल्ड आनंद नास्ति कश्चन दिस नो फोर्स कैटेगरी ऑफ आनंद एम्फेटिकली उक्त प्रकार एज वी सेड सो फार स्वप्रकाशतया सुषुप्त प्रतिभासमो ब्रह्मानंद इन द स्टेट ऑफ डीप स्लीप दैट विच ऑब्टेन्स एज सेल्फ इफलजेंट आनंद विच इज कॉल ब्रह्मानंद इन द स्टेट ऑफ डीप स्लीप दैट इज वन कैंड ऑफ आनंद यूषिणी स्थित विषयानुभवंतरेण प्रतीयमो वासनानंद अदर कैंड ऑफ आनंद दैट इज एक्सपीरियंस वेन द माइंड बिकम्स कंप्लीटली ट्रैंकुल एज ए रिजल्ट ऑफ प्रैक्टिस ऑफ योग एक्सेट्रा and the ananda that is reflected in that state of mind is called vishaya vasanananda because vishaya is not there the tranquility is obtained as a result of the yoga and so it is the ananda of the vasana brahma that is experienced there yopi abhishta vishayalabhat antarmukhe manasi pratibimbito vishayananda and third is when a desirable object is obtained or experienced then when the mind becomes directed towards the self on account of his freedom from the desire then the ananda that is experience is called vishayananda so understand that author has described three kinds of ananda brahmananda vasanananda vishayananda so far brahmananda has been described only with reference to deep sleep later on in this chapter itself author will also describe how to gain that brahmananda even in the waking state but so far what is being described is experiences that everybody has and how when do we experience brahmananda whenever we are fast asleep when do we experience vasanananda whenever our mind becomes tranquil for reason of its own without the agency of any sense object when do we experience vishayananda when whenever we experience a desirable object then the ananda reflected in that mind is called vishayananda so these three anandas are being desc- are described here 
with reference to the experiences that we commonly have. Etat pratyatrekena asmin jagadi na kaschit anandhasti says the author that other than this three, in this world, there is no fourth ananda. These are the three anandas. And so any other ananda happiness you get will be have to be categorized in one of these three. Now, if you have this book with you, the Sanskrit book, on the page 399, it's a long discussion. Because so many kinds of anandas are there that it seems to create confusion in our mind. And the author himself, he has used and will use so many different words that perhaps in a, in, a, in a reader it can create lots of confusion. And therefore, somebody asks this question here, how come you are mentioning so many kinds of ananda in different places and here you are emphasizing that there is only three kinds of ananda, whereas in your own book we read so many other kinds. So how do you account for the other ones? That is the nature of question that is being asked. In the third line, on the page 399, it says, See in the verse 11 of this chapter. In the 11th verse, in this very chapter, right now we are on the 87th verse. On the 11th verse, the author said, Anandaha Trividaha that ānanda is trividaha, threefold, of three kinds, brahmānanda, brahmānanda, vidyāsukam, vidyānanda. There he mentioned ānanda of vidya or knowledge. In viṣayānanda, ānanda arising from viṣaya of the sense objects. Ānanda arising from brahma, ānanda arising from knowledge, ānanda arising from sense objects. So in the eleventh verse, when you were introducing this whole discussion on ānanda, you said that this is threefold ananda. Now that Vidyananda was mentioned there, it is not mentioned here, Vishayananda is mentioned here. So yet another one. Idanim tu Brahmananda vasanacha pratibimba ititrayam ititad vilakshanam anandasitra vidhimuchade. So in the 11th verse you mentioned that ananda is of three types, Brahmananda, Vidyananda and Vishayananda. In the 87th verse, now we are mentioning that ānanda is of three types, Brahmānanda, Vāsanānanda and Vishayānanda. So, Brahmānanda and Vishayānanda are common to both, same. But there the third category was Vidyānanda. Here the third category is Vāsanānanda. Puta-ataha purvottara virodaha. It looks like you are contradicting yourself. What you stated earlier seems to be contradicted by what you are now stating later. So how can this is an inconsistency? And this is not enough. When you go to subsequent chapters, when you go to verses, remaining verses of this chapter, and 12th and 13th and 14th chapters, then there are so many other kinds of ananda that seem to be mentioned there. So the poor dead the questioner says, Kinchara, Yavadyavad ahankaro vismruto bhyasa yogadaha tavat tavat sukshmadrashtehe Nijānanda-unumīyate In the 98th verse of this chapter, the author says, Yāvadyāvad ahankāraha abhyāsa-yogadaha vismutaha. What is abhyāsa-yoga? What is abhyāsa-yoga? By the repeated practice of withdrawing the mind from its preoccupations and focusing the mind upon the self. So this kind of abhyāsa or practice when you do repeatedly, of course it requires a knowledge of the self and therefore Again and again, focusing the mind upon the knowledge or vision of the self by withdrawing it from its other preoccupations. And what happens is that ahankara or the sense of individuality slowly and slowly and slowly gets subdued. More and more the mind gets focused upon the self, then slowly and slowly the ahankara, the notion of the aham, slowly and slowly becomes uh, subdued, more and more subdued. So, yavad yavad ahankara vismutaha. See, what happens is, anything that you do again and again, that creates certain tendencies in the mind. And therefore the mind has a tendency to think about the same thing again and again. This is the nature of the mind. That is why abhyasa, the practice, is a very beautiful method. 
By practice of all the time thinking of the sense objects, even without our effort, the mind today thinks of the sense objects. Therefore, by we have to create in mind, by practice, thinking of the self, thinking of the self, thinking of the self, then it will develop a new channel. It will develop what we call the new habit in the mind. And then, habitual the mind will go back. That's the reason why abhyasa or deliberate habit is so important. That you give suggestion to your mind, or you make your mind see something again and again and again. If you want to release the mind from a given habit and want to create a new habit in the mind, then keep on repeating the thought of that new habit. Slowly the mind will get disengaged from the old and you'll start. For example, I don't know, just take an example. I dislike a certain person, let us say. And every time the thought of that person comes to my mind, starts, you know, all kinds of things, it starts, let us say. Then I remind my mind, not resentment, but affection, not resentment, but kindness, or love, or sympathy. Suppose I say, and I deliberately create a thought of sympathy. Again, the thought of resentment comes, again I create sympathy. So right now, the thought of resentment is something happening naturally. But again and again, when I practice that thought of sympathy, sympathy, or kindness, or affection, or whatever, slowly and slowly, mind itself when the thought of that person comes next, then the mind will think of sympathy instead of thinking of resentment. This is true. This is all known by actual experience. The reason why the mind thinks the way it does is also because we have practiced to think that way. So if you want to change the thinking pattern, it is going to require a lot of practice. And that is called Abhyasa Yoga. The eighth chapter of Bhagavad, in the sixth chapter, or mean in the 8th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna describes Abhyasa, in the 12th chapter also. So, Abhyasa Yoga Taha, Ahankara Yavad Yavad Vismutaha. Today, habitually or without an effort, the thought of Ahankara or the sense of I notion, individuality comes up. And suppose you want to release your mind from that pattern of thinking, of asserting the sense of individuality, or giving reality to sense of individuality, what will you do? Make the mind see again and again the true nature of the self. Shivoham, that I am asti, aham asmi, aham bhami, I am of the nature of existence, awareness. You know, this, make the mind see this again and again and again. And the thought of ahankara gets replaced by this new, that habit gets replaced by a new habit. And slowly and slowly, that thought of ahankara becomes weaker, and weaker and weaker. This is it, Abhyasa, which will come. Tavat tavat sukshma drashtehe nijanandaha anumiyate. And to the extent that ahankara has become weaker and weaker and weaker, to that extent, this yogi sukshma drashti, meaning one who has thus developed this sukshma drashti, or the ability to see something subtle, namely the self, nijanandaha anumiyate. The yogi experiences nijananda. This is yet another word. What is nijananda? Nija means self. Nijananda. The self of the self. The, the ananda of the self is experienced by this person. To the extent that the thought of ahankara becomes subdued by the thought of the aham adi, the true self, to that extent the yogi experiences nijananda. That's a new ananda. Nijananda. So first, Brahmananda, Vidyananda, Vishyananda. Second, Brahmananda, Vasa, if you can keep track of this. Brahmananda, Vasarananda, Vishyananda. Now, in the 98th verse of this chapter, the author mentions Nijananda. Although Nija means the self. So Nijananda actually means the, the Ananda of the self. But the word is Nijananda. Then, Tadruk Pumanudasina Kare Pyananda Vasanam Upeksha Mukhyamanandam Bhavayat Bhavayatteva Tatparaha. Again, the same in this chapter itself, in the verse 121, the author says that when one is known, the, the self is Brahman, 
Thus one knows the, the Brahmananda. Then one should all the time seek to focus one's mind on that. And suppose you get ananda from other sources like Vishaya. Or you get ananda because of some experience. Then also the yogi wants to disregard or be indifferent to those anandas and always wants to focus his mind upon the Brahmananda. That's what the author says. That suppose you get ananda from some other experiences. Remind that this is Brahmananda. Even though the ananda seems to come from Vishaya, understand that this is only Brahmananda reflected. And therefore, so mind doesn't go after them, the mind remains focused upon Brahmananda. This is what he advises. And there he uses the word Mukhyananda. Mukhya means principal or the primary. So one must keep one's mind on Mukhyananda. Yet another Ananda. Mukhyananda. Itiche Upta Prakara Dvay Atiraktav Nijananda Mukhyananda Abhidhiyate. Thus in the verse 98 you are mentioning Nijananda. In the verse 128 you are mentioning Mukhyananda. Which are yet, are, you know, yet the other kinds of ananda over and above what you have stated. Then, Tatha Dvadashadhyaya in the twelfth chapter, Manda Prajnam to Jignasum Atmanandena Bodhayad. In the fourth verse of the twelfth chapter, the author will say that even if some, even if the student is not very sharp, but even then, Jignasu. If there is a keen desire to know the self, then Atmanandena Bodhayat. Then the teacher should give the student the instruction about Atmananda. Yet another one, Atmananda. <coughs> so Nijananda, Mukhyananda, Atmananda. Iti Atmananda, Tataha Anya Abhidhyate. Now you are mentioning yet another one, Atmananda. Then go to 13 chapter, first verse. Yogananda Puroktoya. The first word of the 13th chapter says that we have earlier stated Yogananda. That's yet another Ananda. Ityatra Yogananda bi kaschit avahasate. So, yet, you know, there seems to be something called Yogananda again. Brahmananda bhihegrante trutiyadhyaya iritaha advaitananda evasyad. And then again you say that this is the third chapter in the section of Brahmananda and this is Advaitananda, you know. So that is called Advaitananda. Idhyatra Advaitanandam cha anyam avagacham. Then we seem to come across yet another Ananda called Advaitananda. So Nijananda, Mukhyananda, Atmananda, Advaitananda. <coughs> Yogananda and Advaitananda, okay. Then, Atah Antarena Jagatyasmin Anandau Nasti Kaschanaiti Yukti Virudhyeta. Therefore, in the verse under discussion, namely, the verse 87, you are saying that other than these three Ananda, Brahmananda, Vasanananda, and Vishayananda, other than these three, there is no fourth Ananda. But you are yourself mentioning so many other kind of Ananda. Earlier was mentioned Vidyananda. Subsequently was mentioned Nijananda. Then was mentioned Brahman, uh, Mukhyananda. Then was mentioned Yogananda. That was mentioned Atmananda. So five more Anandas you yourself are mentioning. <coughs> and Advaitananda, sixth one. So six other Anandas are mentioned. And therefore we are lost. This questioner says, when you are using so many kinds of words, we seem to be lost and therefore we do not know what belongs to what category. So answer is given, Mayavam. No, no. It is not that there are so many kinds of Ananda. There are only three kinds of Ananda. Vidyanandasya Vishayanandavat Antahkana Vritti Vishayashatvena Vishayanande Antrabhavasya Vishayanandavat Vidyanando Dhivritti Rupa Ghaiti Uttaratra Dhivritti Rupa Tva Abhidhanena Vakshatatvat. He says, what we call Vidyananda, all the knowledge, the Ananda arising from knowledge, is also of the nature of Dhivrutti, meaning it's also a modification of the mind, like when you experience an object and then there is a happiness with a state of mind, 
So also for the knowledge, the Ananda that comes also is a state of mind and therefore they can be said to be in the same category. In short, Vidyananda and Vishayananda can be said to belong to the same category. <coughs> so he says, Nijananda, Mukhyananda, Atmananda, Yogananda, Advaitananda, Anamdu, Brahmananda, Anadirakta And ultimately then we say that other, all other Ananda, Nijananda, Mukhyananda, Yogananda, Atmananda and Brahmananda, all these five Anandas refer to the same thing. Sathahi yavad yavad ahankarhati udahata shloke yoga lakshanopaya gammitaya yogananda tvena vakshitasya nijananda seva. So he says, the verse that you have quoted there is what is yogananda, it shows that the yogananda the same is nijananda. <coughs> Naddvaitam bhasadena api nidra tatrasya sukham sabrahmanandityaha bhagavan arjunam pratitasmutra shloke eva brahmanandu abhinadhanat jananda brahmanandat nabhidyade ta mukhyanandu vi brahmanandeva. In short, he says that you'll find all these words. So if you can remember, brahmananda, nijananda, mukhyananda, atmananda, and yogananda. All these five are the same. Second is Vasanananda and third is Vishayananda. Ananda arising from Brahma because Brahma alone is Self. And therefore Nija also means Self, Atma also means Self, Advaita also means Self, Brahma also means Self and it says Yoga also means the Self in this case. So all those Anandas are one alone. Other is the Ananda that one experiences in a tranquil state of mind that is Vasanananda. And third is ananda, one experiences when a desirable object is experienced, that is the Vishaya ananda. So there are only these three anandas. Okay, I will not read the rest of it, but this is what is meant there. Okay, so what the author said in the verse 87 was, that there are these three kinds of ananda, Brahmananda, Vasanananda, and Vishayananda. Now continuing with the discussion on verse 88, Nanu Asminadhyaya Brahmananda Vivechana Seva Prasudatvat Itara Ananda Dvaya Pradipadanam Prakudasangatam says here this chapter is devoted to the discussion of Brahmananda. Then why are you mentioning the other two, Vasanananda, Vishayananda? Why are you mentioning them? Because this chapter is devoted to Brahmananda. And therefore, describing the Radhavananda seems to be out of context. Prakruta asangatam, it seems to be out of context. Ityashankya, tayohu Brahmananda jinyatvena tad bodhu payogitvat na prakruta asangatam. Then the author says that, look, don't think that other two Anandas are really separate from Brahmananda. Even what we call ananda generated from sense object, or the ananda generated in tranquility of the mind, both of them are nothing but modifications of Brahmananda alone. There is only one ananda, that is Brahma. Just as there is only one source of water, that is the ocean. Wherever you find anywhere in the world any water, whether it's in river, or in a lake, or in a pond, or in a well, or anywhere, know that water to have come from ocean at some point in time. And similarly also, wherever you experience happiness, whether it's from sense objects, or whether it's from yoga, or from whatever it is, understand that it ultimately comes only from one source, and that is Brahmananda. Except that what we call Brahmananda is, that term is reserved for the ananda, or the happiness, or fullness that one understand, knows by the knowledge of Brahman. Brahmananda. One does not recognize them as Brahmananda and therefore different designations are given. <coughs> so in the verse 88 the author wants to show that what we call Vasanananda meaning the Ananda experience in the state of tranquility and Vishayananda meaning Ananda experience when a sense of the desirable sense object is experienced even those two Anandas also are nothing but modifications of Brahmananda alone. <coughs> And that being the case, 
even they can also help in understanding Brahmananda. Ananda is one. And therefore, experience of Ananda from other sources also becomes helpful in understanding Brahmananda. And therefore, in as much as the other two kinds of Anandas, they also become a means for understanding Brahmananda. That's the reason why we have mentioned them or we are talking about them. But our purpose is to only talk about Brahmananda. Other two Anandas are talked about by way of being helpful in understanding Brahmananda. And this happens. The idea is that very often we are talking, the main topic is there. You bring in some other things also because that other discussion becomes helpful in understanding the main topic. <coughs> and so sometimes you find the, the teachers doing that. In Brahma Sutra you are talking about Brahma Sutra, you know, and then you talk about something else. You talk about Veda Vyasa, you talk about Shankaracharya, you talk about other... So what relation this has? But it has. In as much as one is a composer of Brahma Sutra, other one is a commentator on Brahma Sutra, and therefore talking about them and knowing them will also shed some light upon our understanding of Brahma Sutra, you know. So that is how often related topics are also being discussed. <coughs> because they shed or they throw some light upon the main topic. Similarly here also, the Vasananda and Vishayananda are talked about because they also become helpful in understanding Brahmananda. Tayoho Brahmananda Janyatvena. How come they become helpful? Because they are both a product or generated from Brahmananda. They are modifications of Brahmananda. Tat bodhopayogitvat. Therefore they become helpful in the knowledge of Brahmananda. Na prakrata asangaram. Therefore, even the discussion of those two also is not out of context. Here we prayana. Keeping this in mind, the verse 88 is being stated here. Tasacha Vishayanandaha Tasacha Vishayanandaha Vasananand Ityamu Vasananand Ityamu Anandau Janayanaste Anandau Janayanaste Brahmananda Swayam Prabaha Brahmananda Swayam Prabaha Tasacha, so in keeping with that, Tasacha evam ananda trevidhe sati. Tasacha in as much as this ananda is of three types, vishayanandaha, vasanandaha, iti amu anandau, amu is a dual. <coughs> so iti amu anandau, these two ananda, namely vishayananda and vasanananda, Janayan Aste Brahmananda Swayam Prabha. Swayam Prakasha Ananda. So Brahmananda, which is the main Ananda of Brahma or the Self, which is Swayam Prabha, which is Swayam Prakasha, self-effulgent. The idea is that when the happiness is self-effulgent, when to experience that happiness you do not require any other agency. For that happiness even the mind also is not required. Happiness is self-effulgent, self-shining. It is Brahmananda. But to experience happiness, when you to create a certain state of mind, such as created by experience of a desirable sense object, or created because of the practice of tranquility of the mind, then that we call a reflected ananda. But the Brahmananda itself is what we call self-evolution, uncreated, for which no practice is required. But that becomes evident only when all the obstacles to that Brahmananda are removed, then it becomes self-evident. Until those obstacles are there, when these obstacles are there, we don't experience even though Brahma is self-effulgent, it's Atma. That's the reason why, in order to experience Brahmananda, we have to remove those obstacles in different ways. So one obstacle is what? Mind which is restless. That deprives me of experience of Ananda or tranquility. And so, I catch hold of some desirable sense object. I watch TV, I listen to music, I read a book, I eat some food, whatever I do. All of that, makes my mind quiet for a while, makes it sort of introvert, and that is how I experience that ananda, which is nothing but reflected ananda. <coughs> or by practice of yoga, I quieten my mind and experience the tranquility or happiness, which also is an ananda, is, is a result of some effort. Brahmananda is effortless because 
इट इज अल्फ इफुलजन सो स्वयं प्रकाश आनंद है विषयानंद वासनानंद दैट ब्रह्मानंद विच इज स्व प्रकाश सेल्फ इफुलजन दैट गिव्स राइज टू अदर टू आनंद विच इज वॉट वी कॉल वासनानंद एंड विषयानंद फॉर सवेदितव्य है दैट्स रीजन वाई दे ब्रह्मानंद यू शुड नो ब्रह्मानंद एज दैट विच गिव्स राइज टू विषयानंद एंड वासनानंद एज अ प्रोडक्ट and that's also brahmananda is to be understood in short there is only one ananda brahmananda that alone is experienced as ananda vishayananda the objective the sense object ananda or vasanananda the tranquility ananda all of this ananda is nothing but brahmananda in different form prattanu sankirtana purvakam uttara grantham avatarayati now restating what has now gone by he now the author talks about now there is a change of topic so far three anandas are mentioned still we are not satisfied suppose we experience brahman and deep sleep so what we are interested in experiencing or having you know abiding in brahmananda while being awake so that's the main topic but before talking about the main topic all this background had to be created all the background had to be created so having created the necessary background to now discuss how do we attain that brahmananda in our conscious state thus the author now changes the topic before changing the topic it is always customary to go back or review what has been discussed so far and then introduce the next discussion this is what everybody does all teachers do that when you are going to change the topic you first review what has been discussed so far and then introduce a new topic in reference to that and that is what the verse 89 does shruti yukti anubhutibhyah shruti yukti anubhutibhyah svaprakasha chidatmake svaprakasha chidatmake brahmanande sukti kale ब्रह्मानंदे सुप्ति काले सिद्धे सत्यं सिद्धे सत्यन सिद्धे सत्यन्यदाश्रमो सिद्धे सत्यन्यदाश्रमो श्रुति युक्ति अनुभूतिभ्य स्वप्रकाश चिदात्मके ब्रह्मानंदे सुप्ति काले सिद्धे सति सो वी हैव नाउ सो फार एक्सप्लेन दैट Brahmananda is experienced in the state of deep sleep. This is what what we have explained in all these verses so far. We, by the way, also mentioned the Vishayananda and the Vasanananda only by say for the reason that they are only products of Brahmananda. But in all these eighty-eight verses, what we have discussed so far is that one experiences Brahmananda in the state of deep sleep state. And how was it established? श्रुति विद द हेल्प ऑफ श्रुति अद उपनिषद सुषुप्ति काले सकले विलीने तमोभिभूत सुख रूप में दीदी कैवल्य उपनिषद दिस वी डिस्कस दैट हैविंग नाउ व्हेन दी दिस जीवा इज आइडेंटिफाइड द ग्रॉस बॉडी ही एक्सपीरियंसेस व्हाट वी कॉल द वेकिंग स्टेट एंड देन व्हेन द कर्मा ऑफ द वेकिंग स्टेट आर ओवर देन ही स्टार्ट्स ड्रीमिंग इन द ड्रीम स्टेट ही गिव्स द आइडेंटिफिकेशन द ग्रॉस बॉडी एंड विद हिज माइंड ही क्रिएट्स हिज ओन वर्ल्ड and experiences pleasure and pain in the world created by his own maya this is what we call the dream state now when that experience also is finished when those karmas are exhausted then even that mind also gets merged into what we call ignorance so shupti kale at the time of deep sleep sakale viline when the whole personality is merged into what we call the cause of the ignorance tamo vibhutah this jiva becomes totally enveloped in tamas or ignorance or darkness sukha roop mein thi and attains the state of happiness he attains the state of happiness in the state of deep sleep except that in that state of happiness there is also a total blindness or darkness that's the reason why in the deep sleep we do not experience or we are not aware at that time we experience all that but we are not aware that we are experiencing happiness because there is a total blanket of ignorance in the state of deep sleep but anyway it was with the help of the shruti of the upanishad stated that in the state of deep sleep this jiva or the soul 
experiences Brahmananda. Ityadabhi, Udahurtabhi, Yukti and Shruti bhi. Then Yukti, by reason also we say. We also by say it by reason that in the steady sleep one experiences Brahman. How do we say? Sukhamaham aswapsam. We discuss. When a person wakes up in the morning, then what does he say? Sukhamaham aswapsam. I slept happily. If he did sleep happily. Swami, I don't say that. When I wake up, I don't feel happy at all. That means that he did not, did not sleep happily. That's all. But if you did sleep happily, if you had that profound deep sleep, then definitely you would be happy. We may not have that deep sleep. We may not be rest, able to rest at night. Or maybe there was an experience of deep sleep all right. But between the experience of deep sleep and experience of waking, you go through a whole process of waking up and the mind goes into all kinds of, you know, thinking trains and by the time you wake up you are already exhausted. <laughs> or you wake up some, with some ang- anger, resentment or whatever, something like that. Or agitation, very often it happens. Is not that that agitation is because of the sleep. The agitation is because in the process of waking up, the mind becomes agitated. But if you wake up from sleep directly, then you do experience that happiness or that freshness. And that's why we said earlier, that's the reason why the person does not want to come out of bed. Because he still has the impressions of the ananda, the experience in deep sleep. Therefore he wants to continue to remain in bed. So then he says, Sukhamaham Aswapsam, I slept happily. Now he could not have said that unless he had experienced happiness in the deep sleep state. So thus that yukti of the reasoning also shows, Ityadi Paramarsha Anyatha Anupatyadi Anyatha Anupatyadi So by this that you could not have said that I experienced, I, I slept happily unless you were indeed happy. And that shows also that in the deep sleep one experiences happiness. Arthabhati kalpitena anubhutyaja. And when you say that I slept happily, that kind of a statement can be made only when you experience happiness in deep sleep. So experience also is indirectly indicated there. So shupti anubhavenacha. So shupti kale saprakashaha brahmananda siddhe means sadhitaha. So by shruti meaning upanishad, Yukti meaning reasoning, Anubha meaning experience. By all the three methods, it has been established so far that in the state of deep sleep, one experiences Brahmananda and without any effort. The question was asked that in the state of deep sleep, your mind also is not awake, your sense organs are also not awake, then what instruments of experience do you have in the state of deep sleep to experience that Brahmananda? Then it was said that the Brahmananda being self-effulgent, you don't require sense organs or the mind to experience. <coughs> and that is how Soprakasha Brahmananda, the Brahmananda which is self-effulgent, was established from all this discussion that in the deep sleep state, what obtains is Brahmananda which is self-effulgent. Anyadashramu itaf param, but now, from now, after this, from this verse onward, Anyada. How that Brahmananda can be experienced Anyada in other states? Jagrana avasthayamapi yo Brahmananda avagamopayaha lakshade tamshanu. Now the ityartha. Now the author says that now listen to it carefully. Listen carefully to what I am now going to describe as to Anyada at other times. Meaning in a state of waking also. How can that Brahmananda be experienced in the state of waking also? This is what now I'm going to describe. So, Shrunu, whenever you hear, when you see this word Shrunu, Shrunu means listen. Avadhare, listen attentively. So, the teacher now wants to draw the attention of the student. Number one, because there is a change of topic. Otherwise, all life he's been talking, that's okay, you know. Then the mind wanders off a little bit. When the same topic goes on and on, then it's possible you may not pay total attention because you think you know what he's talking about. And therefore, the teacher wants to draw the attention of the student. He says, Shrunu, listen. Listen, then he starts listening, you know. So, listen now. Now listen to me, you know. So when you say that, then, then it is found that perhaps people's mind is a bit, bit 
straying away and you want to make an important point which requires an attentive mind so you say now listen to me so that is said in order again to capture the attention of the student here because a new topic the topic now changes somewhat and author is going to tell us something else <coughs> okay we'll take up tomorrow om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shante 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 shankaram shankaracharyam keshavam vadarayanam सूत्रभाष्यकृतौ वंदे भगवंतौ पुनः पुनः ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेदि मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः ओम शान्ते 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम